0: Welcome, everybody, to the Tea with Miss McGill show, presented, or rather, I should say, fueled by Blue Lion Brews, our newest partner here at the Gold Sports family. So Blue Line Brews, as you can see, tasty bunch of coffee. Now this coffee has a purpose. Not only do you find tasty coffee, you can go to bluelinebrews.com, bluelinebrews.com, or just go down into the show notes and go ahead and click, click the link.
1: I'm just showing <laughs> so, my, my thin blue line here that I got. My father was a police officer. He didn't die in the line of duty, uh, but this was a memorial. When he passed away, I got his badge, Ah, and I got the cop flag with the blue line. So, yes. Yeah. So that you can relate to this. So
0: uh, blue line brews, 10% of their profits go back to families who have officers who have fallen in the line of duty. So 10% of the profits go back to families of officers that have fallen in the line of duty. So not only do you get a tasty brew, you also will be doing a good deed for those with the thin blue line, those in law enforcement all the men and women out there serving. So that is great. A couple of other housekeeping items. If you have been a loyal podcaster of ours and you listen to us on your podcast, favorite podcast stream right now, we are now on Facebook and YouTube. Again, we'll have the links below. So if you're in the podcast feed, just go ahead and keep scrolling down. You can click over to our YouTube page to subscribe. You can click over to the Facebook page to subscribe. If you're just going to go there and search, do not search T with Miss McGill search, corporate site which is Goat Sports. Goat Sports would, in either place whether it's Facebook or YouTube and you can find the feed here for the Tea with Miss McGill show. If you found us more recently on Facebook or on YouTube and you would like to see or hear I should say what Reed and I've been up to for the last seven eight months jump onto your favorite podcasting platform search the Tea with Miss McGill show there the Tea with Miss McGill show and then like I said you can catch up on all the episodes Reed and I have done. So, again, I am Puka. This is Reed Larson. Welcome, everybody, to Tea with Miss McGill. And uh, we're just going to talk a little bit of summer news, I guess. We're past July 1st here now, so things start happening with drafts for agency, all that good stuff. Some big news in Minnesota with the Minnesota Wild. Of course, first thing we want to get to is Kirill Kaprazov winning the Rookie of the Year in the NHL here just, uh, I don't know, five, 10 days ago, he was named.
1: Yeah. On that. Oh, it's, it's, it's great to see. Uh, I mean, it's clear. It's pretty clear when you see uh, the impact he had there, going into playoffs for the playoffs from Minnesota while I know it didn't work out for Wild fans Fans the where they wanted to, they ended up losing out to the Vegas Knights. Uh, but when you see the impact that that young player had, there's no question in anybody's mind that he is in the top three choices uh, for rookie of the year It's great for Minnesota. Um, hopefully everything gets figured out and he's back with us next year. I know there's been some question marks as far as to get that contract stuff and whatnot and whether he was going to go to KHL or whether he's coming back. Uh, I haven't seen any recent news on any of that information. uh, You correct me if I'm wrong, but
0: no, I no, I think, well, the next item we're going to talk about has something to do with re-signing.
1: <laughs> right. So we'll, we'll get into that here as we kind of move forward, um, but it, it's great for, for Minnesota Wild fans to, to see somebody young that uh, can, can actually springboard uh, our professional team in Minnesota into a playoff spot. It's not the playoff spot they wanted to go to. They wanted to be into that conference finals, the Western Conference Finals. They wanted to be in the Stanley Cup. Uh, Those times are are coming with some of the the changes that have been made and we'll get into that a little bit more, but awesome for Wild fans and uh, uh, fans of Kipper It's It's fun to see him get that award. Yeah. Yeah. Last I
0: heard either from Russo or if it was from Garrett himself saying that, no, trust me, we are going to resign this young star. All right. Topic number two with the Minnesota Wild. Last week, the departure, the non, or excuse me, not the non, but the buyout of Zach Preezy and Ryan Suter, I guess, you know, Preezy, maybe not so much a surprise, but Suter,
1: I think uh, took many people by surprise. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think just going back to when they actually signed them, I actually was looking back the other day and some of my Facebook memories and I remember going back when they signed and how excited everybody was uh, when those guys were coming in. And I remember when they signed them at that age thinking, uh, how are they going to make it through that long of a contract? Sure. It's not going to happen. Um, it was a very expensive contract. It tied the Wild down in their salary cap for a number of years. They can't go out and get some of these top draft picks. They can't go out and make trades and get top guys in. They've they're locked into with that salary cap. They're locked into these two franchise guys who frankly they signed them and I've got the utmost respect for Ryan Suter and for Zach Parise. Uh, I've met Parise before been I mean, to hockey camps. Uh, he's been up there before with Oshi and some of those guys, Samad Zorbas and Cole Lake there a couple of times. So I've got the utmost respect for him uh, but it, I think it was time for the Wild to tap out of that buyout. I know that it was kind of a sour conversation. I it, it kind of heard through the grapevine that Conversations with Billy Garen calling off with those guys. It was uh, making a phone call to Parisi first. Um, Parisi makes a phone call to Suter, said what happened. Suter sees general manager Garen calling in uh, to him. He didn't pick the phone up. It was uh, just a little back and forth and I think it wasn't a really nice conversation that was going on there with Souter and and management. But at any rate, as foul as that makes Minnesota fans, I I think it helps the organization in the long run. Uh, Have they been kind of the face of the organization for the last five, six years? Yeah, they have. They have and it's, as fans, we thank them for what they've done for our organization. But if, if the Wild are gonna stick with that particular, with those big expensive contracts, and we know how they were, they started off heavier on their pay and over the years they taper down and make less as they go down. Uh, but they're still tied into this big long contract with these guys for very expensive. And it really opens up some opportunities to bring in some younger players uh, that frankly are gonna be more effective here in the near future rather than hanging on to uh, you know some of the long-term guys and, and, and I guess that's just my opinion on it uh, but that does not by any stretch of the imagination change my opinion on uh, and I'm a fan of both of those guys I think they're they're great hockey players and if I saw uh, you know either of these guys at any point in time it's handshakes and thanks for everything you've done for Minnesota hockey um, I know conversation for a long time when I met Breezy at, uh, at goal eight Zorba's one night when I was at Minnesota hockey camps it was just me like I'm talking to Zach Parise right now. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Um, but as a fan, thank you. Uh, as a, a business and a hockey person, uh, it, it's the right moment for the Minnesota Wild. it really is. Well, like I said, face of the franchise
0: when I was coaching hockey, coaching the, you know, my kids, all those youth kids, I mean, that was obviously the number one jersey was the number nine of Zach Parise. That's the one you saw the most. You know, Parise, the transition being that he had a less than uh, desirable year, would you say with management? real i mean I'm, you know i'm sure the wheels had already been turning be interested to see he ends up back on the island of Lou Lamarella where they reunite and of course they almost had a deal done with him. but i think back in 2019 there was almost a trade deadline deal to get preezy out there but Souter, you know i think this guy was kind of a little bit flat-footed so not only hit, him i'm sure, sure his agent
1: surprise. yeah so uh they're gonna have a little bit more work to do but um well, i gotta back up for a second i don't mean to correct you in the middle of this but did he wear number 11 for the wild? He was nine. But I remember this is yeah, the yeah. reason why I corrected you is because was I'm like, That's right. and I was thinking, what are they going to do right when he got traded there? I'm like, who's going to, is he going to wear number nine? Is he going to take that Miko Koivu or is it, no Miko's a captain. He's going to yeah. keep number nine, but so he went to 11. So I mean, think, right. so yeah, the most, Bought jersey was number 11 for the Minnesota Wild, but I had to. That's the reason I, yeah. I kept it most of us. I think, like, I'm I remember in my Robert mind, thinking, yeah, he was number nine forever. I remember in my mind thinking, and that's why you're thinking number nine because that's who he was for the Devils, all. that's where he was for the Sioux when he played for North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I can see how that little brain fart happens, but it's uh just thinking about it for a second. I remember going through my mind when we picked him up, going, Who's gonna wear number nine? Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's right, yeah, why yeah. so he was number nine forever. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, Suter get, getting caught a little bit more flat-footed. So it'll be interesting to see how this all all plays out. All right, next item: NHL draft. We've talked about our local boy Jack Pierre for the better part of well, I guess basically since the show started. So eight, you him know, seven, eight months. It's it's uh, it's go time. Not necessarily for her for him, but for any general manager that wants a top quality defenseman. What are you hearing on Jack as far as the latest projections? Have you heard anything is what's coming across the wire?
1: Well, we've had some, I've had some conversations with some NHL scouts from the area that I'm friends with uh, just hockey people that I know agents that I know from around the area and just asking questions. You know, I don't ask questions to try to be in the know. I just ask questions so I can learn. You know, I've, I've always had a passion for scouting. I've always wanted to be a scout at a high level like the NHL. Um, it's a pipe pipe dream, <laughs> but I, I want to know what they know. I want to know what they're thinking. So I ask questions and I, and to be honest with you, I talked to Jack this morning, I had some conversations oh. with Jack, uh, we had hockey camp this morning. He helps out now that he's, uh, an alumni. Alumni. he's an alumni, he comes out <laughs> and helps with the, the youth camp. So I had some conversations, just talking, he's pretty darn excited. Uh, of course, nervous going into the draft here after the weekend. Um, but just in conversation, I think. I know we touched on this the last time we we talked and and had a podcast, Puka, but um, uh, over some time you've seen this develop. If you you go back to when we first started talking about Jack Peart and what the draft looked like for him. Well, let's see how the season goes. We're talking about it in January and I'm thinking, all right, after his junior year in high school, uh, he's gonna be a third, fourth, fifth round draft pick. That's how good he is. And then the season goes on and you see how big of a deal he was for Grand Rapids High School. You see how big of a deal he was winning uh, the Hobie Baker Award and winning the Reed Larson Award uh, as top defenseman in the state. And then you see the accolades he gets for finishing the season with the USHL, taking Fargo to the the Clark Cup Championships. Didn't win it, but they took him to the championships anyways, helping with that and then being awarded Co-Rookie of the Year in the USHL only playing a total of like 30 games. I mean, he he didn't play, he was the best defenseman on that team. He was clearly one of the top defensemen in the league and clearly top two uh, awarded rookie of the year. So those accolades with, you know, Mr. Hockey, Minnesota Reed Larson award, and then getting rookie of the year in the USHL, not even playing a full season, that really kind of chips them for what I was thinking early in the season as, oh, okay, he's gonna be fourth, fifth round, blah, 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 we'll see how it goes. That just took them from there up to being picked. And, you know, there's a lot of conversations that I've had and I, and, and I won't share any, you know, any of the people that I've talked to that have talked about where these guys go. Um, I don't want to throw names out there for teams and, and try to ruin it for people uh, that I'm friends with, but, you know, I, I've heard people and agents talk about, he could end up going anywhere. He could go in that late first round. He could, he could go at, uh, you know, at 25, 26, 27. If you remember, you know, back in 2007 when it was at Patrick white that went uh, 27th overall with Vancouver, uh, he's got every bit of the opportunity to go where Patrick white went and then signed uh, Patrick Boyd was a great high school hockey player. Um, same token, uh, you look at, he could go there. Uh, it just depends on who's picking it, they, I would say anywhere between 25 and 35 or 40, he could be picked overall. It just depends on what people are looking for. Um, there's a lot of teams that like him. uh, it just as he fit into it. And I know we had this conversation we've talked with uh, with scouts before and just someone could really pick this up in the first round and build their organization around a player like that over the course of the next 10 years, you know, he's not going to be in the NHL right away. He's got, uh, at least a few years that he'll play, uh, at St. Cloud state two, three years. Uh, there's outside chance, you know, a guy like that finishes in four years who knows how he, he finishes? colleges, cur- college career. Sometimes they choose to go all through. Sometimes the NHL is knocking on the door and they got to go after a couple, two, three years and end up signing that contract. Uh, but, but he, he, he's going to go anywhere in that, that late first round and early second round. And that's just my opinion on it. And I, and I think that teams that pass on him, um, I got to ask, I got to ask why, <laughs> why uh, is it, is, is it this part about his game or that part about his game? Uh, there is, I can't find right now watching him as many times as I've seen him. I can't find anything in his game right now that I can complain about as a scout, I can't. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Heads up
0: all the time. A yeah. a player. So we're going to talk about another local guy uh, that's going to be, uh, well, his draft eligible, but we are thinking he's been likely to get drafted. But if, before this, if you're looking for a job, if you're Friend is looking for a job, if your sister's looking for a job, if your brother's looking for a job, if your brother-in-law is looking for your job, Masabi.com. LNM Radiator in Hipping, Minnesota needs 30 people. Yesterday, uh, you know, Coach Rewards, after Coach Rewards worked, I talked to him at a grad party, his daughter's grad party a couple of weeks ago, said we're so far behind on production, we can't, we can't find anyone. There's, you know, floor people, even just summer help. I mean, summer's, you know, halfway over, but, um, you know, no college needed. Uh, High school diploma's fine. You, you don't need a two-year degree. They'll they'll train you. They'll get you in. So Masabi will have this down in the show notes also. Masabi.com. M-E-S-A-B-I. Masabi.com. And like thirty positions that they need to fill yesterday. So like I said, if you're looking for a job or here somebody's looking for a job, we'd appreciate it here at the Tea with Miss McGill show if you'd shoot them over to Masabi.com. All right, the other player in the area, Joey Pierce out of Hermantown. Then rumblings about him, big kid,
1: strong kid, probably going to go? I would think he will go. Uh, and I can't, you know, this is a player I've seen, you know, grow up through the years. I watched him as a young Peewee Bannum when he was playing, uh, you know, in the Ely program and Sabi East program. And then uh, watch him after he moved, uh, after his eighth grade year as a ninth grade at Hermantown and watch him all through Hermantown. Um, I've watched this kid develop, actually, he, Joey Pierce did my, my hockey camp for one year when I was in Virginia. So it was kind of fun to watch him do that, and, and I always would utilize him to, you know, to do some demonstrations as far as doing some of the, the power skating stuff that we do. I can't do that anymore. I'm too old, fat, and slow, but uh, when, I, when I want to pick somebody, I want to pick somebody that's really smooth so that I can, they can show the other kids how to do some of the power skating skills that we do, and he was one of the guys that I used in that camp. He's really good, really good. Um, well, over the years, you know, in Hermantown, he moved to Hermantown as a ninth grader. Uh, he'd already played varsity hockey as an eighth grader up in when he was up there. <laughs> he'd already played a year, uh, family moved to Hermantown. He comes into Hermantown, I'm thinking, this kid's coming in as a ninth grader. He's going to play in the high school. Uh, Coach Plant advises them, you need to play on this band of double-A team. Sure. Plays on the band of double-A team, has a phenomenal season, moves in. Uh, to the high school as a sophomore, plays three years in the high school as a sophomore, uh, has a phenomenal career. Uh, you know, I can't remember now who drafted him in the USHL, uh, but he he's, he's had, a, he had an injury at the end of the season there, uh, the high school season this year that I yeah, think kind I of slowed him down yeah. a little bit. Um, that was one of the televised
0: games you were doing. right? Yeah, I remember that he
1: he ended up out for yeah, a couple, he left
0: and he never came, came back.
1: A couple yeah. of games. Well, he, he did come back at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah um, that game. Yeah, he left and he was out for a while. He was back for the last couple of games of the season and then into the playoffs. But he, uh, so I think that kind of put, you know, a little bit of a sour taste at the end of the season for him and in his eyes. Uh, but for those that watched enough hockey that were doing enough scouting, uh, NHL scouts, they already know what he's capable of. And I, I just remember thinking back, you know, end of, mid-March, beginning of March, when I'm looking at some of the notes through Central Scouting and where they project him. Uh, you know, Central Scouting has their own opinions of, of where they decide to go. They, they don't really have that much influence on where the NHL scouts decide where they're gonna slide them in their draft list. Um, Central Scouting had, um, you know, the possibility of going in the third round. And, and I can see that happening. Um, you know, it could be third round, could be fourth round, three through five, you flip a coin in some of these situations Everybody wants to go in the first round. Everybody wants to go on day one. Uh, And they make a big spectacle, a big deal out of going on day one. I know I talked to Jack today at practice and and he's a little nervous, but at the same time excited about it. You know, obviously he wants to go on the first day. At some point in time, he doesn't care what team it is. Obviously there's everybody's favorites. And I won't say who his favorites are, but just saying he'd like to go on day one. It sure would be nice to not have to worry about it. It's a long wait you're sitting there for two hours trying to figure out who's going to go where. Um, and then day two, uh, they end up pumping out the next, you know, two through seven rounds. And, and, uh, and I, and I think Joey's going to go, uh, obviously day two, um, who knows, he could go somewhere in the third round. He could go fourth, fifth round. Uh, I don't think he's a late guy. I don't think he's a six, seven rounder. I could be wrong, but, uh, just seeing what I've seen and the skill that he's got, he, he brings a different kind of game, to an NHL organization uh, that a guy like Jack Peart does. Jack Peart not only is a great defender, he also brings a, a, an offensive skill set to it as a activating kind of guy that can get into play at a fourth guy into the rush. Uh, Joey Pierce can do that at the NHL level. I don't know that that would be his role. I think he would be a really, really good stay-at-home guy. And to be dead honest with you, when I watch him play high school hockey all year long, I don't know that I've watched a game in three years that he played high school hockey where he got beat. Like he right. never gets beat. Okay. So it's just fun to see a guy that actually defends and then get rewarded for being a good defender and not having to put points on the board to yeah, join. Sure. So Joey Pierce will get drafted in my opinion. I can't predict that, <laughs> who knows where they're gonna go, but I'd like to see him go somewhere between three and five, third round, uh, third round and fifth round. And uh, like we said about, about Jack, uh, I'd like to see Jack go in the late first round. Where is it this year? I, I'm not exactly sure where they're doing that. It is going to be virtually done. Oh, it um, they is are really going to do way. it online. So it th- they're not sitting in an arena someplace uh, that takes a little bit of the fun out of it. Right, right. You know, sure. is like, it's like, so just talking to Jack is, is like, I sure wish that we weren't still dealing with a, a sliver of this COVID stuff that you had a normal draft that you could go to. Fly out to some place. You get up in your suit. You sit in the arena with your family. You just stand up and hug your parents and go down and put that jersey on. It sure would be nice to do that, uh, but to be quite honest with you, he just is humble enough to say, "I just really, I just want to get drafted." Yeah, yeah, I just, just want to, and everybody wants to go in the first round. You know, it's and it, that's coming from a kid that wants to play professional hockey someday. That's what he wants to do is to get, played, uh, get paid to play the game that he loves. It's not about the signing bonus. It's not, but I'll tell you this much, somebody that signs in the first round is getting a better signing bonus and a nicer contract that somebody gets on day two or you know later day two. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so was I say? Oh, maybe the Wild will pick up.
0: I see he got rid of Carson Susie, or they didn't protect him. Carson Susie is now a Seattle Kraken. So there's a, a former UMD Bulldog and now a former Minnesota Wilds so would be a little spot there. Uh, for a defenseman but uh anything
1: else well it's kind of funny that you mentioned the minnesota wild because as i kind of look through some of like the early draft um you know they call it like either early draft options blah 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 they say teams that have shown interest and talked with some of these guys and actually one of the teams that They had Jack kind of rated, I think it was like 27 overall and the possibility of the Minnesota Wild might be interested. Uh Well, I'll tell you what, Minnesota Wild would be very, very smart if they decided they wanted to draft Jack as their first pick or their second pick.
0: Yeah. Well, who's the captain right now? I can't think of his name right now. Well, Wild have been on TV for a while. Minnesota Wild captain, but the European. But uh, he'd be a good mentor for Jack. He oh team. yeah, absolutely. You know, um, comment below. We're brain dead. We're just you know this is a special episode. This was <laughs> yes. just this was an impromptu. We called it in. There like since it's been some wild news, and also the draft is here. It's like you know we can we can hit a few birds with one stone here, a uh, stone here, and uh, you know just kind of run this special episode. Um, but we will be continuing the interview format, watch for some videos in August, watch for some videos or a video in August, watch for a video in September. We'll probably do something high school pre ish maybe even a little bit of NHL chatter, you know, early in the year there in October. And then like I said, by November 15th, we'll be heading right into the high school hockey season. So we're already starting to, you know, slightly turn the corner. I know you're going to be Doing some
1: was that Captain Spurgeon Your were talking Spurgeon, yes, yeah, Spurgeon. There we go. So I had to take a, a little while. I just, I just couldn't get it. name. The I'm gray right. hair right here is starting to Oop. you know maybe cause a little But yeah, I mean that's the kind of player slow. Jackson to be,
0: right? Fast, speedy, carry the you know, yeah. you know, we can probably hopefully get on the power play something like that, like Spurgeon. So you know, if they got him, it'd be you'd have some
1: good mentoring. So with that, anything else? No, uh, like you said, do we we've uh, we've kicked out a couple of episodes here this summer where we'll We'll kick out uh, a couple of episodes as we get into the fall. Uh, We're looking forward to a a great Minnesota state high school hockey season. Uh, Hopefully we get a chance to talk a little bit more about the wild, maybe a little bit more about some college stuff going into the season. Um, And we're all hoping and praying for more of a normal year. Uh, COVID being a big issue last year, we got such a late start. Uh, But like I said, we're, we're praying that we get closer to a normal year that we can shed masks, that we can uh, be safe enough to do those things and then have uh, a regular season with people in the building. Yeah, absolutely. So as you can see behind us, uh, we have some swag again, large and extra
0: large shirts, goatsportsmedia, LLC at gmail.com. GoatSportsMedia at LLC, goatsportsmedia, LLC at gmail.com. If you want to email um, or you can just slide up a DM, something like that, it's easy. Thanks once again to Blue Line Brews. They're doing a great job. Uh, we appreciate another bag of coffee there. What's this one? The stakeout right here. So go ahead and, and like I said, go down the show notes, click over to them, uh, get some, yourself some good copy, like, subscribe, Like I said, hit those notifications wherever you're at. For Ray Larson, I am Puka. This is the Tea with Miss McGill show. We appreciate you joining us. Get out there and be your dream. Catch you on the next episode. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.